Hey guys, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates for my graduating class of Wissick in High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Thanks to Mike Volpicelli for episode 221. It's available here in the audio archives and at youtube.com slash redshirtplayer. In addition, this past weekend, I dropped a special extra credit episode celebrating the first day of spring with Chris Stout from Class of 2000. That was a fun conversation with an upperclassman, so make sure you go check it out if you hadn't had a chance yet. And follow We Weren't Friends in High School on Facebook and Instagram. Today, my guest is Brian Cho. Brian and I got along all right in school. Uh, we had a few classes together, but I think I talked to him more in middle school than in high school. So this was an opportunity to get to know just really a lot more about Brian, his home life, which I knew nothing about. We talk about this to start the podcast, but for some reason, I wasn't even Facebook friends with Brian prior to this podcast. We thought maybe we were, but I just friended him last Thursday. I actually found Brian on LinkedIn and started talking to him there. I've connected with a few classmates through LinkedIn, and hopefully those will turn into some podcasts I can share in the future. But for now, here is my conversation with Brian Cho. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? Good morning. Good morning in my little uh, office. <laughs> Otherwise, you have two kids running around the background. So Yeah, yeah. How are you, dude? Yeah. Uh, good. Really good. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I'm well, man. <laughs> I'm, uh, we're enjoying another snow, a little snow flurry here. Yeah, well, I'm in Boston, so. Oh, okay. You get no sympathy from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point, hopefully moving out to the West Coast, but we'll see. Um, I yeah. For some reason, why did I think you were in, I thought, I think for some reason, I thought you were like in California or San Fran or something. Why did I think that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was planning for a move to LA maybe. Um, but, did you do yeah. work out there in the West Coast previously? Maybe I looked, I don't know if I looked at your LinkedIn or something or. Mm, no. No, I, I wish. I, I really like the West Coast or the idea of the West Coast, but I'm sure yeah. I won't like it when I'm actually out there. Uh, my brother's out there. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. so long. You know, it's funny because I haven't um, I haven't seen you at all. Like, I don't think you're you're not on Facebook, are you? I am on Facebook, but I don't really. You don't use it. Use it that often. No. no. Yeah. You know, I, there's there's like people that you, you just see all the time and they're like on Facebook. So you're, yeah. you're like pretty sure of what's going on in their life in, yeah. gen in general, from an outside perspective, at least like where they're working, where they live, what's going on with their family, if they're married, like all these different things. But like I had, I, because I don't really think I've seen you on Facebook or maybe we're not even Facebook friends. Like I found you on LinkedIn and I was kind of uh, like, and I was like, Oh wow, here's what Brian's doing. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, I thought we were friends on Facebook. Um, I just don't post that much on Facebook, just in general. Um, I mean, now with my kids, I think I post a little bit more often just because like my grandparents, my uncles, aunts, and my parents are friends with me. And yeah. it's just a way for them to see uh, like photos of my kid. 
Uh, so it sucks. And beyond that, beyond that, I just, I just don't like, you know, I just typically don't broadcast, uh, that stuff. Uh, it's a healthy habit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, social media is great though. I feel like you get a sense of what, just, just what you're saying, but I'm all take no give. So (laughs) Yeah, so right. that makes me an asshole, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I've 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 seen you post post high school though, obviously. Uh, like, I, I don't know where I've I think I saw you at Wawa's a couple of times, but th- okay. this was like while I was in college. So I mean, right? Jesus, that's like a de- that's ten years ago. Oh, more. Uh, no, more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't worked at Wawa. Oh, fifth, oh, sorry, like. <laughs> It's fifth, like eighteen years ago, seventeen yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just, it's crazy how how fast everything's just flown by. Well, that's the funny thing with doing this now. You know, I've said a couple times. I don't think this is something that I could have done like ten or fifteen years ago when we were just out of college, especially because I was at Wawa. And I kind of felt like I saw everyone still for years after high school. There was yeah. no there was no mystery as to like what was going on with people or even like a, a, a want to know what was going on with them then. You know, there was no but yeah. now there's like the separation. You have like self-reflective times and you start thinking about your own shit and you think, I wonder what high school was actually like for like other people now that it's been 20 years. Yeah. And I haven't really had that contact with people like that. I'm not seeing people at Wawa as uh, anymore, or I was going to say as frequently, sometimes I still run into people at a Wawa, but um, yeah. So now you kind of, you know, have that time to, to look back. It's a lot more fun than I thought it would have been if I thought about this then. Yeah. You know, I, I've listened to a couple and it is intriguing. Um, Yeah. Just like, it's weird. I haven't given it a lot of thought. Um, I I, I view high school and heck just K through 12. Right. I mean, a lot of even middle school, you just, you know, I think about it more now with, with, with kids, right. Obviously just the curiosity of like, Oh, you know, what was that experience for myself? And just like, what would I change? And, um, yeah, it is. It is fascinating. I uh, haven't given it much thought, but until recently, I have started to to like think about it a little bit more. And you know, I uh, and there is a curiosity to like find out more about people that I knew, right? So, yeah, just like college, it it was weird, you know, going out of state was like, um, you know, it, it was it was not intentional. It was just like it was a good computer science program. Like, Hey, this is, this is a good CS program that I could get into. And, um, it it was remote, uh, just some like Penn state from Massachusetts. Right. (laughs) So I think in a way I I had to, you know, just, I was isolated. And so I had to create my own network there and the rest is kind of history. So I feel like, yeah. And I feel like that's kind of happened. A little bit rinse and repeat right amherst was such a big school i got to know a lot of people and then same thing there was an exodus right people either went to boston or not to boston right it just it's it's a pretty big hub uh for 
a lot of things that you want to do, right? So you go to Boston, you work for a couple of years and hey, your, your career path can change very drastically, right? Because it's a, it's a stepping stepping uh, stone for other career tra- trajectories. So um, that's yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. That's and I'm been like, a common I'm theme. Coming. Yeah, and I'm like definitely a path of least resistance. If if it's an easy relationship to make, I'll, I'll pursue it. Um, I do my best to like keep in contact with people, but you know, it just yeah, it well, just that was life gets a little bit more complicated, I guess. That was kind of the the feeling, I guess, like from years ago when I would think back to school and like kind of these different stages. Really, I was looking at it as like grades. Why, when you go from this grade to this grade, or you switch from this school to this school why do friendships change? But really, I guess it's more like stages in life and people are, are in a lot of cases, there's a lot of different reasons, but like, you know, I was wondering why like these friends that I would have in elementary school weren't friends anymore in, in middle school or why these people I was like friendly with in middle school. Now I just have no relationship with in high school or, you know, like it, and I would think back to those like, Oh, wow, those were fun times. Why did that just end? And I do find that a lot of people just kind of have those when I, when we're going through the time, it's like, Oh yeah, I was kind of friends with this person and that person. And I don't really know what happened, you know, but it yeah. oftentimes it, it deals with like people spreading out just into different cliques, which as we get older, I think are just different areas of interest, different jobs, you know, family are doing yeah. things. But when you're a teenager, it's like, well, I like, you know, I like riding around in a car with this guy, or I, I like the music. Yeah, it defines you, like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially, yeah, it's funny. It's like the friend network defines who you are versus you define who your friend network is, right? I think that's that's where I've. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I got I got involved in video games in a bad way uh, in high school, and I think that changed my trajectory. Um, it was my tennis partner, Sean Heaven was a year older than us it got me like really involved in video games and that was a shit show that um obviously it's very addictive right so um you know that even persisted even like into college a little bit and uh you know those those are habits that were hard to break but now I, um, i learned a lot from it and i learned a lot about myself so were you a reflection? Were you a video game uh, fan like growing up as a kid? Because we grew up like really like I mean Atari was out and Nintendo was like coming out. I guess like right before we were at that age. But as at that age with Nintendo and like we grew up with every era of the video game like progression, pretty much. Yeah, like, perfect target um, for it. No, yeah, and it was also you know every week my parents had like parties and these adults had their own kids that came over. So every week I would have, um, you know, upwards of like six other kids around my age where we'd play like neighborhood football, hockey or whatever, or video games. And, you know, it's interesting is like, that was like one network. And then the friends that I had in high school or middle school was like another network. And, those kids that came over to my house were from like, uh, was it it's North Penn? I don't remember the name of the school. Sure, yeah, it's just yeah. like Upper Upper Darby Derby. I don't remember the names. But where'd you, where'd you grow up? Uh, so right across from Go to Mercy College. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. So these these people that came over were from like oh Upper Dublin, Upper Dublin, um, and anyways, they were all from different schools, which was pretty interesting. Mm. Um, we never really talked about like the dynamics within their own schools, but it was a little interesting, right? Like whenever I played tennis or something versus Upper Dublin, I could try to like shit talk or something like that, but they didn't care because they didn't play tennis. <laughs> Where were these kids yeah. coming from? Uh, so they were basically my parents played the equivalent of like poker mahjong every week. Oh yeah. And so they were people they knew from their respective jobs and their kids were our age. So we kind of like just had our own group of friends and interestingly enough, they're still people I contact, right? Because they're family friends and they're friends that I spend every week with you know, doing stupid stuff with, right? Yeah. Um, but they were, they were, they were Chinese, right? And t- Taiwanese, actually, Taiwanese. So, um, you know, it was interesting because like Wissahickon was not a very, it was either, it was either black or white, right? There was, and then there was a handful of Koreans and there was maybe two other people that were of Chinese or Taiwanese descent. So. And, and Yuka. Yeah, Japanese, right? Yeah. So, and and um, yeah. So I, I think it, come college time, I think that did influence a little bit of who who I became friends with, which was you know still a diverse range, but I definitely wanted to understand more about like the history of my parents and their heritage, right? Uh, at Wissahickon, it was more like, all right, let's be the chameleon. Let's try and figure out how you fit it, right? And just like, which I actually think translates a lot to like what I do today with entrepreneurship. It's trying to understand what the market wants. You try to create that value that that market wants. And um, in a way, it was pretty cool, right? I, yeah. I actually reflect on that piece um, pretty regularly. And I wanted to do like a little like novel or book about you know, I was going to call it the lonely lunchbox, right? The lunchbox that's different, right? With like Chinese food. And, and, uh, and, and I think that's like paved the way to, to where I am today, which I think is pretty cool. So you're Brian, you're Chinese. Uh, Taiwanese. You're Taiwanese. Uh, No, it it makes it, don't say it doesn't make a difference. (laughs) I, I, so I am American, right? My parents are Taiwanese. Right. And I think, that's why I don't care. I'm ambivalent. I'm not going to be like, get offended if someone says I'm Chinese or hell Japanese. <laughs> so. What does that mean? What does that mean when you say that you're uh, Taiwanese and so you don't, you're not going to get offended? Is there like a understanding that Taiwanese is like confusing or? Uh, there, there's. Is that common? You know, for you? Obviously, ta- Taiwan and, and China. Yeah. I mean, people will just lump Taiwan. China are just all Asians into Chinese, right? So, um, and yeah, there is some sort of dynamic between uh, Taiwan as an independent country, right? Um, It's, you know, that's not a formally recognized, right? Because the elephant in the room is China. And so, you know, people will commonly say, hey, like Taiwan is China. And like, I can't say otherwise. because ultimately I'm American, right? I didn't grow up like my father shooting paraphernalia into China, right? Working while part of the Taiwanese military. So um, anyways, yeah. So 
When did your yeah, parents they, come here? They came here for grad school in oh, wow. the 70s. So they were in Kansas. Wow. Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, tell me about it, right? My, my brother, my older brother went through that, you know, so he grew up in Kansas and then he was, yeah, he went through a second as well, but I mean, he had the context of like bum, bumfuck middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of lucked out in that regard. How much older is your brother? Eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Oh, wow. So that's a big difference. So he was already mm -hmm. through school by the time you're getting started. Yeah, exactly. And then my sister's four years older too. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you, yeah, so. when did you actually um, come, did you start your school in Wissahickon? Yeah, I went to Bluebell and then Wissahickon Middle School and then high school. Yeah. Okay. Did you, um, you mentioned like you, fam you had family friends. Did you have friends like in school from Bluebell or like in your, in your actual neighborhood or like, did you actually like have any like bonds with people? Yeah, so I did, but. You know, again, it was, um, you know, it was definitely like a community of people that my parents knew, right? So there was Chris Shang, he was two years older. There's Jen Huang, who was a year older. And then she had a younger brother who was like three years younger. So that those are the people in my neighborhood. Okay. Um, and, and our parents all knew each other. So it was, it was weird, you know? Um, I don't know how that all happened or if they came together and said like, hey, Let's create a community on this road, you know, and play poker every night or every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, no, I don't, I don't recall many people being in my neighborhood. So then that jump to middle school was probably like no big deal. Cause it wasn't like you, you had like these friends in school that you were used to hanging out with at Bluebell where you're like, Oh, now I have like, for me, I didn't have, like, I had kind of like my school friends were my neighborhood friends yeah. and vice versa. So when we got to middle school and I didn't have pod, I wasn't in the same pod with those friends. That right, right. for me was like really hard. It was hard for me to make new friends, but you yeah. don't really make those type of friends in general anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's weird. Cause like, you know, I, I never, I never really had that deep of a relationship with, um, most people growing, going through elementary to K-12 or to 12th grade. Um, I'm possibly one of, one of my regrets, to be honest. I think it would have been nice to, to kind of break away from that network my parents kind of spoon-fed to us, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had no problems talking to people or, you know, I enjoyed the people that went to our school. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. I remember um, I, my first, or maybe my biggest memory of you is like comes from middle school. I feel like in eighth grade, uh, we had classes together and um, we talked a lot, you, me and Adam Kamasak. Oh yeah, 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 I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, wow, that's a name that I had yeah. heard for some time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, there's Jordan Cheshire too. Jordan Cheshire, yes. Yeah, who kind of like disappeared. And I think back on like when that all happened, um, I just, for the life of me, don't know what happened there. But I was close to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember running into him, man, I, I, I maybe in high school he was I still saw him around and I was I think maybe he didn't have like the blonde hair and I was like shocked. It's like when Eminem made the switch when he came back <laughs> and he had like the brown hair and like he had the brown hair. I was like, wow, Jordan. Yeah, like Jordan used to hang out with us. And um, yeah, I remember like you were big and well, maybe not big, maybe I'm overstating it. But I remember like the, the graphing calculators in middle school. Oh yeah, Tetris. Yeah, Tetris, but also like the cute, like the games where you like the the yes and no games where like you could make a whole script. And oh yeah, like a choose your adventure. And Dude, I, I remember it was like I think it was like Rishi or uh, Joseph Conlin or whatever got me into that. All bad, all bad. <laughs> you know, just really poking the bear when it comes to like the video game addiction. Well, right? I was gonna say you're, you you didn't you didn't really have it when you were a kid, but clearly you were predisposed to this disease because it, it started with the graphing calculator. Just they got you into it Bro, a little bit, and there there is definitely a history of like alcohol use disorder in my family, which is, you know, just, I, I can, I can see it myself. And my wife is a psychiatrist and she's just like, mm. I get so worried about you getting stressed and you being like, Hey, I need some alcohol. <laughs> um, don't worry. This is not an intervention. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> just, I'm just saying that my wife tries to nip it in the butt for sure. Um, and, and she's well aware of the video game thing. I, I've talked to her about it. You can't hide it. No, and it's like, I mean, it's, I've cold turned it for the last like couple of years for the better, like redirected it to other things like healthier things like the gym and my business, right? So there you this, go. And, and I think that's, uh, that's been really, and my kids, right? So those, those are, you know, it's, it's where I channel it, right? But there mm -hmm. is still that kind of quality uh, that, it's almost like a kind of zeal, right? That, yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, it's not being dumped into video games now, which is good. <laughs> um, when you mentioned earlier, like you said that um, you felt like you were kind of like, like I, I'm, I'm rephrasing, but like bending into or blend, uh -huh. trying to blend into, was, yeah. was that like into, so, you know, one of the things that when I first started this podcast is like recognizing one, I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I, I was conscious of having a diverse group, right? I didn't want to just interview all the white kids and then go, oh my God, I haven't interviewed anyone black or like just interview black people and then go, yeah. oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing both sides or like, oh my God, there's no Indian or Asian kids on this, on this show. Right. Like, so, yeah. but I think because of the way our school was structured, I had such I had such little contact with any Asian student um, that I, I I've often talked about. I felt like our school was like self segregated. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. So totally, when you yeah. when you first start talking about like how you know it was mostly Korean and then no Chinese, and for me from the outside looking right, like it's it was like. Um, there was never any cultural um there was no attempt by the school for like cultural integration or understanding or you know what I mean? or edu i don't know yeah, just yeah. like education in general about the different cultures that were existing in was a hicken um yeah. so there for were, me there were like different cultures too which i think is fascinating right yeah. So yeah. For, but for me it's like we would just look around that's like i even hate it now it's just like when i look back we would call it like the asian kids 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. It was just like, fuck, I hate that. That was what we were stuck with. No, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Is that something that you go home and you learn from your parents or whatever? But like, we would look around. That's why when I asked, I said, was it Chinese? And you're like, oh, ta- Taiwan. And I was like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Cause that's nothing I ever even thought about. I would have loved to have yeah. known a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I mean, racism was a thing, right? Um, yeah, I don't remember who it was or <laughs> personally, I don't really like dwell on it, but there was definitely racism. Um, for those people, I, I probably could name names if I really wanted to, but I really don't want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily blame people for that. I think it is a product of their upbringing and a lack of exposure to it. And I think you hit, a, hit the nail on the head. There's just not a lot of exposure to that, uh, the diversity, or there is diverse, like there was a diverse community, but the school didn't attempt to kind of make those bubbles intersect, right? It was right. like, and, um, and it's, it's okay. Like, um, you know, my parents, I grew up with a pretty, good golden parachute where I didn't have to worry about money and other stresses in my life growing up. Whereas some of the students, my peers probably had that, those concerns, right. That, you know, might've lashed out in a, in a way and been a bully. Right. And, you know, when I reflect on it, I'm not angry. It's just like, you know, there's not, not, and nothing I can do about it. Right. But there is this kind of like peace right? coming to terms with it and just being like, look, I, you know, I was lucky and didn't have all these concerns. Who knows what their concerns are? Right. Like why, you know, why did they feel the need to do this stuff? And that's probably being married to a psychiatrist, FYI. <laughs> so whole, whole me would be like, fuck that person. But no, I, I do, you know, I do think that sometimes reflecting on not just yourself and just maybe like circumstances that create a certain action with a, another individual. I think that's, what you're curious about as well. Right. Which is why you've created this podcast, which is pretty cool. So, yeah. Did you, um, did in high school, did you interact more? Did you like consider yourself friends with people in high school? Um, or did you, was it still just like the community that you had from your, your family? Uh, so in high school, I mean, it was probably, there were people that I really enjoyed being around, right. That I would consider friends. And then there were groups that I interfaced with because they were people that were around me, right? And, or like played sports with. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the people that I enjoyed being around with were probably the Joseph Conlins, the, I mean, Dave Majumdars. Um, Rishi and I would get. It was a love-hate relationship, I think, with Rishi. <laughs> but ultimately, I like Rishi. Um, and then even, like, oddly enough, Matt Choi, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, it was weird because it was one of those relationships through tennis. But it translated into, like, things. I remember we played a game at Rishi's house on land. And, you know, Matt would get very... Uh, <laughs> start cursing in Korean when get messed up in the video game and he'd shout throughout the house, Rishi's house. 
I'm sure his mother appreciated that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, those, those are fun. Um, but obviously that was in line with my interests. Right? So did you, uh, so you mentioned sports, you played tennis. What else did you play other sports? Uh, no, it was just tennis actually. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I did play like a lot of pickup basketball, but that was not at school. How do you pick played up every tennis? Sunday? How do you pick up tennis and only tennis? My dad, he played tennis and my grandfather played tennis. Oh. So in Taiwan, they had a tennis court. So whenever I went, I played tennis and he played up until he was like 86. Wow. And my grandfather. So it's like, but I never took it that seriously. Um, unfortunately, I guess. Were you good? Not really. Not really. No. I mean, I played recently um, with a bunch of people who were like, one kid was like D1. And I was just like, wow, I forgot just how bad I was at this damn sport, you know? Mm. Um, but honestly, tennis wasn't my favorite sport. Like, I like basketball. I like basketball. I like football. Um, yeah, I like basketball. I like football. I just, for whatever reason, it never, never stuck. Like, well, yeah, my parents didn't want me playing football. You didn't, uh, you didn't think about going out for the football team? Um, so, like, yeah, I mean, it was a hard no for my parents, right? They didn't want me playing football. Why? They're just scared. Brain injury, you know, like, timed for practice. And, uh, like, my cousin, Jeff Pan, would, he played. Jeff Pan's your cousin? Yeah. I didn't know that. My first cousin, yeah, on my See? mom's side. So, And so, yeah, I was a little jealous when, when he was allowed to play. And, but it's, it was funny. His mom was like the cool aunt, right? She would like spoil us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, my mom is the oldest, right, of, of her family. So a lot of that kind of like pressure, you know, came down to the, the family. And there was a specific way that you kind of had to live your life, right? So so you had very, to live that way? Yeah, 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 very much so. What was that way? Ah. Uh, based on their guidelines so so yeah. does that mean like yeah. behavior or expectations for career and behavior college? career college you know everything but you know obviously it subsided since since then but there was they exerted a lot more control when, when i was there um, See, in Pennsylvania. i was going to ask was um you know when you mentioned um like joe and david jumdar and you know, those are really smart kids, got really, you know, the top percentile of our class for grades, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always curious if that hanging with the people that you're friends with, if that affects your push or your, you know, for, for you to succeed, you to, to yeah, match up. Uh, I mean, I couldn't match up with any of those guys. I mean, they were super smart people. And I was forced to take all the AP classes and I was surrounded by like the, you know, Ashley's, um, Ashley Kreider mm -hmm. and, um, you know, heck the, the Paige Millers who were both athletic and smart. And then, you know, the Rishis, the Daves, and it was just like, there's no way. Right. And I, I don't, 
I never really thought of myself as, you know, as intelligent, nor did I view it as, hey, I'm competing against these people. I, I kind of took it as like, I, uh, I, I'm way behind. I got to find my own edge and, and kind of like be comfortable with that. I don't, I don't exactly know how AP works, but like you don't just accidentally get into it. Like you said you were forced into it, but like you've got to be, you've got to qualify in some way to be able to take AP classes, right? You don't get to just say, hey, I'm a C I don't know student. How I, I don't know how I qualified. Honestly, I, I sucked <laughs> so badly. Um, like I still get shit from my parents um, about like going to UMass. And, you know, my brother came to visit from uh, California he was doing a business trip and we were out by Harvard or MIT and we took a selfie at MIT. He's like, look, your son's finally made it. And my mom texts back. She's like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> Cause like, that's the pressure, right? It's like, go to MIT, go to Harvard. And she's like, you know, like what kind of grades were you getting? Like three, three. What does that mean? I just see that's how little I, I don't like know. Eight? It's a four points. Yeah. B a B in A B in A P. I think so. Is that unacceptable? Like BC, BC. Is that yeah? All right, C. I mean, no I one wants so, to get yeah. C's shouldn't be like what you strive for, but like is B unacceptable in like not in your parents' world, but like just in in regular, hey, you're an A P, you should be getting A's. Is that a thing or is B not? I didn't a, really uh, think about regular, regular, uh like the status quo for regular, right? I thought about it from the perspective of an ass beating from my parents, right? <laughs> so like, is this worthy of an ass beating or not, right? And I would say 3.3 is definitely not um, good enough to not get an ass beating. Do you mean literal ass beating? Yeah, literal ass beating. Wow. All right. Yeah. That makes more sense then. Discipline, right? That's yeah. Call it. Um, but also not going to be doing that to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I think positive reinforcement is probably the way to go there. You know, it sounds like you uh, grew up just in a strict, in a very strict home, which is not something that I would have thought because like, I guess I kind of looked at you as like, um, I don't know, a, a fun or um, I don't know. La I don't want to say loud, but maybe like loud. I don't know. Just like, I remember like just having kind of like similar personalities as far as like strong willed and just, you know, we would, just yell and argue, not in like a, a, a dangerous way, but just like, I felt oh, yeah. like you and me were pretty loud. And yeah. Uh, I, so, look, I, I think I'm like you in that regard. I like people, right? I like interfacing with people. I like trying to get to know people and high school and being in school was a reprieve from the kind of strict confines of being at home. Right. Yeah. Um, I got to a certain point though, where, uh, that addictive personality or addictive stuff um, definitely came from my parents because they were addicted to like playing Mahjong, right? And the weekends I had to myself when my sister was gone, right? And so I think at some point they were just like, I'm tired. I don't want to micromanage Brian. And at that point I was just like, well, screw this, you know, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do at this point because... You know, I, I was so used to walking on thin ice and, um, you know, and that coincided with the video games 
when Sean Heaven got me involved and we'd play online games together, you know what I mean? And just an unhealthy behavior. Cause it was like, here, I'm going to hover, be a helicopter parent or just like strict. And then all of a sudden not strict, not giving a shit. And, you know, I'm glad I got it on my system before college. Right. But even then there was still a period of college where that uh, happened. And it was like, I was completely free from the confines of that strictness. When you say like unhealthy behavior, you make me think like, really, like, what, what does that mean? Like that, that means some, so much, that means a lot to me when you say unhealthy behavior. Are you Yeah, joking? I mean, or, I was playing, no, I was, no, 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 I was not drinking. No, no I mean, I, I, mean no, I said, were, are you joking? No, 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 it was unhealthy. I mean, I was playing games with Sean for like two, three hours a day, right? So two, three hours a day for video games? Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Back then it was a lot, right? I mean, that's. Oh man. Can I be honest? That sounds like yeah. you being really hard on yourself. I, I'm just, I, I don't <laughs> okay, play, okay. I don't play video games, but dude, like there's things that I do for like two to three hours, you know, a day sometimes that like I get in a fad and like, you know, that's what, we, I mean, this is a bad example. Cause we're in, we're in this COVID thing, but like, people will watch a TV show every night for two to three hours, right? Binge watch a TV show every single night. Sure. Uh, you know, there's like, there's different things. I think now people play video games two to three hours. No. And, and I would say at the, you know, th- that period of time <laughs> in your life or in my life, I, I, you are capable of learning a lot. I feel like I did squander that time, right? That could be used productively versus, playing a game that doesn't really change much. Right. And I think, you know, it did expose me to people. I played video games with people in Asia to Turkey to, so I did get to talk to people of all walks of life at a very young age. Right. I was talking to like people who were like mid twenties to late thirties. Right. And, um, you know, it was, yeah, it was cool to chat with people like going through their life. You know, uh, and I, here I was as a as a teenager, right? So, especially because you didn't connect so much with like people outside of like school. You mentioned like you know a few friends, but mainly like your your community was your community, like from your family and and neighborhood and all that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's I, you know I think that was really really common. What you're describing is almost just like an on, even though it's video games, it's an online community, right? And that's especially when we were teenagers, that's what was really big was, you know, the internet and people reaching out and having online friends and people who were connecting in ways that they couldn't really connect in person in their everyday life with people. They were connecting in other ways. You were doing it through video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Still, yeah, I still thought it was unhealthy. (laughs) So, you know, I didn't, I didn't really make this connection until just right now, but when you say like two, three hours for two, three hours every day, I was in a chat room uh, talking wrestling. Um, I worked for like, I worked for CNN who was doing, who owned a wrestling company for Turner sports owned a wrestling company. And I would moderate the chat room every night for like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a month. And that's what I would do when I wasn't working at Wawa. That's what I would do. So when you say unhealthy obsession, I'm thinking I did do that pretty much every night for two to three hours, we would, you know, all log on and monitor the chat room and, you know, yeah, I would say yours is probably more goal-oriented, and I think it's a skill that, I don't know, yeah, I mean, 
you were expand. I mean, when you talk about like, you know, expanding and, and, you know, worldly and, you know, connecting to people around the world and stuff like that's, those are experiences that to this day, I don't, you know, have a whole lot. Well, it's funny. I I actually met some of these people. Um, Yeah, no, I, uh, I met this. I, so I did a stint for Best Buy corporate. It was funny because i have been playing with this guy for maybe like five, six years, never knew him, Jeremiah. And I was just like, dude, I'm going to be in Bloomington, Minnesota. Knew nothing about this guy, except for the fact that we played video games for like the past six years. And he comes to pick me up from the airport. And again, no, never seen a picture of this guy, mind you. Dude, he ends up being a GQ model. Oh, wow. With a, with a trust fund. And he brings me to his house party because he owns this like massive house on the, anyways. So there I am <laughs> meeting this guy for the first time. And it's other people that he's done shoots with. And these, these women are all like, they're all a taller than me. Right. So they're all like five eleven and up. And Jeremiah is like six, three. And they're all like, kind of like the anti gaming person, like, what you would think as a gamer. And I was just like, wow, this is interesting. And decided to become like a special forces person because he was bored of being a, just like a trust fund baby. <laughs> and I, so I still talk to that guy, which is crazy. Cause I'm okay. this guy, I met completely through video games and yeah, like we're still friends. Yeah. There's cultural 20 years later there's cultural value to, you know, just experiences in general. I thought you were going to say like, you know, you weren't, you weren't bathing and you were, you know, going for eight hours, you know, a day. And from the time you got home until the next morning when you had to leave for class and. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. that's what I, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're emptying your bank account to, to buy extras in, in games and to get the right. No, actually I was doing to get the weapons and actually no man. So I was, in college, um, I I learned this is terrible, but I I sold items that were generated from admins. Wait, you uh, sold what? Items, virtual items. Oh, I made oh, like yeah. about sixty thousand dollars in college um, selling virtual items that were getting injected by a server admin in Turkey, and that would split. Completely unethical, by the way, but it was a hustle that, yeah, like that's awesome. No, I mean, I guess I feel see, kind of so, bad, but I got to see inflation firsthand. <laughs> but that's a great example of like you know just immersing yourself in that world gets you to that point. Yeah, yeah. You don't um, pick you don't I, pick that up in your first year and start doing that. You know what I mean? You get no, comfortable no. in it, and and you're right. I mean, it does all kind of come together. Um, so my previous venture that I, before this current company was another startup. And one of the guys that was a co-founder, he was into games in a very bad way as well. So we, we immediately hit it off because he had sold virtual items as well. Um, but this was like all throughout high school. So like played football for a school out in Massachusetts and then kind of like turned it into a side hustle mm-hmm. all throughout like, played games professionally all throughout college too. I mean, keep in mind, this guy was the son of a billionaire. So, I mean, he didn't really have too much to worry about, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so when he raised the funds and 
we just initially hit it off. It was actually because of games like that. We had an extended conversation. I remember in North Carolina, um, he was looking for a, a technology vendor and I was like, look, this is what we can do. And started working together. We had this entire meal over talking about virtual items and, and video games. So it's, it's interesting how kind of like technology that, sounds like you've, yeah, been, you've just, been plugged into technology in general. Since, for, the, yeah. since the graphing calculator. Yeah, yeah. I, there was definitely something interesting with like building something people would want to use, right? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's been a reoccurring thing in my life, I, I would say, is is trying to like create value for, for people. Um, I don't know if that's me desperately seeking validation, but no, I, I just, yeah, I've had, I guess I've always been interested in like, how can I make someone's life a little easier? Mm. That's and, the start of invention, right? Yeah, but also like even people in my network, right? I, I think I do have a good friend base here in Boston. And I would say more times than not, I will go out of my way for people. Um, yeah, and just even strangers. I don't, I don't think, and I've had that. I've been that way, I think, even throughout middle school and high school. I genuinely cared about our classmates and I thought people were interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, do you date in high school? No, no. Was that, did you try to date, I guess, or was not it really. not in your world? Like it wasn't, it wasn't really in my world and none of my friends dated. So it just didn't, never was a thing to possibly really come up unless I was to go off on my own and try and do something, which, you know, wasn't, no, I, you know, I just didn't know how to. Yeah, I, it just wasn't. Again, it wasn't something that I was exposed to or even accepted. Um, my brother and my sister didn't either. Mm. In fact, I pretty much started dating as soon as I got to college. Uh, <laughs> probably the first two weeks of college, right? It's, mm. And like, just to give you some context, my parents were just like, "What are you doing? You know, you're like fooling around." And just so you know, like you can draw a conclusion based on that, right? Mm -hmm. Because my brother and my sister didn't start dating until later. Wow. And so, um, and I didn't even start drinking until, <laughs> I'm saying this, but I mean, it's still underage, but like as a sophomore, you know, mm -hmm. I, even then I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't get into drinking when it in a bad way either. It just, I was always, kind of wary of it. My uncle passed away from alcohol use disorder and cirrhosis. So that wow. was, that was something that was like kind of close um, to me. I had a similar, um, I mean, my, my, you know, drinking and all that, like I, I didn't really get into partying or anything like that um, until, yeah, probably like around the same time, sophomore year. Of college. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. I don't, I don't think there's any regret there. Um, I think that just a video game thing was my only regret. Like how could I utilize that time? It's not just like this methodical robotic, you know, uh, how do I optimize my life? If it's just like, no, I, I think there is a lot that I, yes, there are some positives that I got from video games and the network I created there, but I think there's diminishing returns of that, that I could have maybe applied elsewhere. Right. And, participated in club stuff more right yeah when you, to know people that i yeah you know. when you looked out like 
were you self-aware in high school to like look out at the different cliques, the different groups and, you know, see that they were like, you know, you didn't, you said you were okay with what you were doing, but you know, to see that these, there were kids that were having parties, that there were kids that were doing this or doing that, that you weren't included in. No, I, 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 it was funny. I didn't even know, right. That there were those cliques that were partying about me. I, because again, it was every week. Every week we had people over, right? So you had your own. Um, and I would say probably in college, maybe that came up where mm-hmm. it was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what people were doing, right? But uh, yeah, I made it up <laughs> in college, right? <laughs> so um, and even it. then, and even then, that wasn't like. I felt like wolf in sheep's clothing when I was at parties too. Like I had no problems talking to people. I just, I would rather be at a bar with a small group of people as opposed to, uh, you know, with a bunch of people that I Mm kind of sort of know. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of been the big pivot in my life is yeah. While I can engage in small talk, I think my goal is still, I want to get to know people to the degree where I can make an impact on their life. Right. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's such a leveled and complete 180 from from my, my mindset, I think back then, um, where I I often just look back and I just go like, why wasn't I, why couldn't I, I've been in a bigger group or, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be, I don't know, accepted, I think in like a a larger, I wanted to do those things, you know, like, but you weren't aware of them. So like, you know, you had this community and, and I had like a group of friends, but it wasn't like, you know, we all hung out all the time. It wasn't like every weekend. It wasn't, it wasn't built in, especially as we got older, wasn't built into like familial grouping of stuff. So, um, you know, there'd be like a Friday night where I'd be like, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Look, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, I didn't want to be accepted. I, that's the you know, exact opposite. I wanted to be accepted. I just, what my definition of being accepted was, I felt like I fit that criteria. I was like, okay, I'm accepted. I'm fine. Um, you know, I guess the difference is accepted for you is going to a party. For me, it's like, hey, just being able to casually talk and get to know people like, if I really need to or holding an extended conversation with people if I if I need to at school, you know what I mean? Or through AOL for crying out loud. And that was enough for me. Well, you know, it wasn't the party so much. I think it was, uh, I mean, it was, but I think it was like um, knowing that it was happening and not knowing how to access it or how to get involved in it, you know, the same way that someone who wants to start a business might, you know, be afraid to ask questions about how do I start a business? But you know yeah. what I mean? And and yeah. and for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years, they might lament that they've never gotten more into starting a business. And it goes, you know what I mean? Like, I guess in that way, more so like, yeah, I was, how do I get into this world? What are they doing? What's it like? Is it like what I hear about? Is it like what I see on TV? Like, what is, you know, what, what is this, you know, 
the people that they're doing it with, the girls that I see, it was just this curiosity and not being allowed to, not even knowing how to approach it or how to, you know, get, it seems so out of my control. I think just that, that natural, what is that? How do I, yeah. how do I attain it? Um, was always pulling at me in that way. Yeah. I mean, but you didn't know what was going on in the first place. You weren't even aware. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I, I was aware. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I was aware. It just wasn't a priority. Yeah. Um, because there's just, I, I, look, for me, I know my constraints, right? With regards to my parents. Yeah. So and even, even if that were the case, I'm not saying, hey, like I was, there was an overflowing inbox of invitations to like hang out. I'm just saying that it's just not something I necessarily kind of cared about because I, you know, there's no way that I was going to be able to stay out late, right? Right. Um, without being under the watchful eye of my parents. So, and only until later in my life did, did that become kind of like okay to hang out. And I did in junior and senior year. Um, but yeah, not for like going out to drink, obviously. Right, right. Or, baby steps yeah. at that point, right? Yeah, baby steps. But like when, when I was in college, all that's were off there, right? I mean, like you set yourself up for failure for that, right? I mean, um, but. No, I, I don't think it was a hard skill to pick up, uh, up, which is like finding things to do with people you think are interesting, right? Or or wanting to do something kind of more once you've found a, a group of people you like, right? I mean, like, I mean, post-college, I moved down to Durham. I moved to multiple places. Yeah, uh, I lived in New Zealand. Cities. I lived in New Zealand for a year and same thing. It was, it was pretty easy for me to find a group of people through a gym or meetups like around business and, you know, ended up barbecuing on a beach with a close group of people in New Zealand, like pretty much every week or I played pickup basketball, at, you know, mm. again, at like multiple times a week, uh, in New Zealand and in Durham. And so, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. Right. Like that. I don't think I missed out on anything because I feel like that is something I'm comfortable with. I've historically right. oh, yeah. been comfortable with it post-college or actually at college too. So, um, it's just a much healthier outlook than I have. <laughs> Yours is like, which is very healthy and mine is just, you know, but I'm like that with a lot of things. I, I look back on, on a lot of things. Um, maybe not necessarily with regret all the time, but maybe like trying to um, figure out why it happened. And can, yeah. I, can I prevent, can I recognize opportunities again? Or, you know, it's like, it's like someone that breaks up, that breaks up with, with a girl or a girl breaks up with him for the same reason, four or five times. And you're not catching the pattern. It's like, I want I'm always like looking back on things. Like, is that a pattern? Why did that happen so much? Did that continue to happen to me later on? Those type of things. So like, I think in that way, in a lot of this podcast was like, when I look back, it's like, oh, did I put a lot of people off? You know, is yeah. that why I wasn't, I wasn't invited or I wasn't approached, why I never had an opportunity to even like broach those things. It was my personality. And then I look at, you know, the way I've interacted with people in my twenties and thirties and, and, 30s and um, ways that I've changed or understood 
um, you know, boundaries or, you know, appropriate yeah. times and places to do and say things. Um, I've definitely changed, but all that, you know, I think stems from wondering, you know, why wasn't um, afforded access to things that I wanted then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think the times that I do reflect pretty heavily on, on, on high school, it's actually, uh, it's a reoccurring theme. It's just like, uh, but for me, it's more like, instead of um, how I can make people's lives better, I, I think about how I might've made some people's lives worse. And, you know, there are some distinct, it's not just, hey, I was a recipient of being bullied for, you know, sometimes being Chinese, right? Or Taiwanese. But I, I think I was an asshole to people at times. And, you know, I, I think when I, when I look at my kids and just in general, I don't want to be that asshole, right? And I don't want to be that person that made someone kind of go through life not feeling, um, you know, adequate, right? Or being okay, being an individual, right? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just hope I didn't do that to, to too many people. I, I don't think I was that person, but I'm sure there are instances where I made people not feel great. And, you know, those are the parts, those are the things I think about. Um, maybe it's because I'm scared of karma. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What kind of, well, you know, now that I have so much more understanding just about, you know, people's feelings about bullying and, and I was so um, ingrained in my own shit that I never looked at other people's lives. And I think, especially as I got more into film and I started looking at like motive and, and direction and trying to write dialogue for people that are nothing like me. Um, and you think of, and you grow empathy and, and yeah. then you think back, you know, you're 23, 24 and you're thinking back to situations when you were 15, 16, 17, you just go, Oh, wow. I can't believe I put someone in that position or, um, yeah. those are the type of things that, that I, I reflect back like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's spot on. I, yeah. I mean, I have like one person was Rishi, right? Um, I, I think we got in an argument about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> we were playing Magic the Gathering. I got like, and you know, because Rishi, I liked. He, you know, I liked in high school and and middle school. Um, and I don't know what about that particular thing of card games that got me so angry with them, but uh, I like. I have a, a visual, like a visual of me pushing him. And I was just like, that's stuck in my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and then, yeah. So even with people who have like bullied me, I still have a, I know who those people are, but I don't hate them. In fact, one's like a friend, right. That I was like, became friends with who you're friends with as well. I think. Who's that? Vern. Vern oh, Vern. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like Vern. I like Vern. I don't, uh, I don't see him. Um, well, I don't see anyone. I haven't seen him in so, 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 so long, but um, yeah. yeah, I keep in touch with him like on Facebook. Yeah. Well, he, he, he hit me. Right. And oh. uh, he, he came over and apologized and I, it was over something so stupid. Like in I, high school, I, he hit you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or it was like, yeah, it was high school. And then, I probably deserved it actually. And then um, afterwards apologized 
like yeah, in high school yeah, apologized but, for it. Yeah, but it was probably because I did something stupid, mm. right? Um, there were, there was one other instance I got hit, but it was like I didn't do anything to deserve it. But uh, yeah, anyways, well, I won't name drop that person. Oh, I, I do gonna, like. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what kind of you said you were bullied also so like what kind of bullying for you was it i mean you talked about in, in middle school in middle, in middle school sc- okay because i was i was i had a growth spurt between seventh and eighth grade yeah i was short i was like uh, i was like maybe five four five three in middle school and then now i'm like six one right mm-hmm. so between seventh and eighth grade i like had that that like jump in, in, in just so you like were- growth yeah, so, so just less, became un, less of un, a target, right? Unfuckwittable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's got so bad. Like, my sister ended up, she was a safe bus safety. And I remember I had brought home an art project. And I forget who it was that that broke it, but they bullied me. And they were an upperclassman. And my, my sister punched the guy, and she lost her safety badge. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My sister was, like, kind of a beast. I, I got to um, be honest, Brian. I got I got yeah. no love for safeties. We we've we've talked about it a couple of times now. I'm not not down with with the whole safety concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look, and then you know it's funny when we're talking about being an asshole uh, to people. Like one vivid memory I had was, and he might remember this, but I I remember it because I was, uh, you know, the one that actually hit the person. But it was Eric Melhorn when we were at Bluebell Elementary School and I, he wouldn't let me see his trapper keeper or something. Remember those trapper keepers? Yeah. Yep. And I hit him. And like, those are the instances where I'm like, wow, like what the hell was I thinking? You know? And clearly he's fine. Right. I mean, like who are we kidding? Right. It's Eric yeah. Melhorn. Right. But uh, I remember, I remember back then I was just like, wow, that's embarrassing. You know, there was definitely like a, a, a- time in my life when I was always ready to like have a fight or punch someone or let's just see what happens. Um, and I think a lot of times that was like, I would, it would be, we'd be at like a level six or seven of conflict and I would take it to a level 10 and a half. Like, well, let's just, uh-huh. let's not, let's not even talk this out. Let's just go right to the punch. I remember watching an episode of real world. Uh, I want to say it was real world Austin. I didn't watch the season. I just remember the episode where a kid got punched in the face at a bar fight and uh-huh. he like broke his cheekbone or something. And I remember thinking like, Oh wow. I knew I was probably like 1920 and I hadn't really been in, in fights a lot at that point, except for like my last fight with Chris Conlon in senior year. But I remember watching this <laughs> and thinking like oh wow we're older and these guys like people my age hit like grown men and i have no like skill i have no boxing skill punching skill i'm just a kid throwing wild punches i better cut this out because i'm gonna i don't want to have permanent damage i don't want to get in a bar fight and because i decided to throw a punch yeah broke my fucking cheekbone like my orbital socket or like and that was the moment when I realized like you have to like that was it became a real fear to get a physical confrontation for me after that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I would. What's funny is there was one regret was not wanting to throw back uh, a punch that I got sucker punched twice. Right. On a, on a basketball court in gym mm. class. And 
I remember wrestling the guy down and I, I could defend myself at that point. I had like four years of karate or Taekwondo at that point. And like, I wasn't small at that point. Um, but I knew that I would get disciplined. And so I was so frustrated for a couple of years. I was just like, fuck man. I just, there's just this kind of anger with my parents Mm. for, um, not even who, who hit me, just like, like, why, you know, why, why couldn't I swing back to defend myself? Right. For, for playing basketball. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why I got hit twice. Sucker punched. Right. With braces on. I had braces and I got picked on for that. And it was like, it was him and his buddy that were like, they thought it was cool. And, And, you know, and for me, I was just, you know, my regret was why couldn't I swim back, right? And um, I don't know if I would have won or lost mm. the fight, but at least it wouldn't have sat with me for like a couple of years. This is like festering, um, you know, regret, right? For for being you know, in this little bottle with my with my family. Mm. I have, uh, I definitely have. I think that would, I think that played into like my my personality of that i would fester on things like that of when i would get punked out and i would think <laughs> like and i would think fuck i gotta i i could see it now i should have like it's like when you someone it's like the jerks you ever watch seinfeld yeah yeah the jerk store right it's yeah. the jerk store starts because some guy insults george and george then goes home and he's thinking i have the best comeback i should have used that comeback and now he's yeah. trying to provoke the incident from to happen again so he can use the comeback right right and that's like what i felt like that i would like you know something would happen and i wouldn't act quick enough it wasn't in my nature i was like you know learning on the go in childhood of like oh someone messes with you you gotta mess back or you gotta like whatever like i didn't even know what i was doing and then i wouldn't do it and then for days or weeks i would just be like fuck that guy got me if anyone else ever tries anything like that, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to do this or that, or I should have done this. And that would have been, and everyone would have been like, Oh, Corbett. Like, you know, those yeah, things yeah, go yeah. In, through my mind that I think put me on edge to where, like, if anyone told me to shut the fuck up, well, last guy that told me to shut the fuck up sucker punched me. So now I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm ready to go. You know, like that would yeah, be yeah, my, yeah. my mentality as a kid. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the self-defense piece was, you know, not because I would want to be perceived in a different light. It was just like my own perception of myself, right? And, um, you know, if there's any sort of like thing that kind of like rubs me the wrong way, it's this idea that I couldn't defend myself. Right? You hated that you could, that you knew how, but you weren't allowed. Yeah, it sounds like some karate could BS, but it really, it was just at least trying, right? to defend myself for something that I didn't do wrong. Yeah, no, that's literally, you know, where things go awry in Cobra Kai, right? When the, when the, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. That's it. That's, that's when, and even in Karate Kid three, right? When Daniel decides that he's going to be aggressive, even though he's being picked on, he decides he's going to be the aggressor. Yeah. And and he's going to show them, but that's not the principle of Miyagi Do. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I uh I started watching this unfortunately. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I, I started watching. <laughs> when 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 you have a, like a four month old just 
he's just like chilling on my, mm-hmm. I should be doing something more productive, but shit, man, my brain shuts off at like four hours of sleep. And Cobra Kai is my medicine that just gets me through the night. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the old, uh, old uh, martial arts coach, I guess. It's, yeah, it's so good though, right? It is. It's yeah, a they, guilty they, pleasure. It's really oh, good. Oh, it's so guilty. I don't even know why I'm even admitting to it right now in like a public podcast. The acting's, I'll be honest, the acting's pretty good. And they nail, they nail like all the important beats, they nail them. Yeah, yeah. And they're just bringing back all the old characters. So there's a lot of nostalgia that they're uh, that they're kind of tapping into. The only thing I could say about it is like it's kind of wild how it breaks into Mortal Kombat like six, seven, eight times this per season. Like every yeah. episode there's a there's like a giant there's a giant choreographed fight scene, but it's done really well and so I can let it go. I can excuse it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's Cobra Kai. I don't think Cobra if Kai. it went to like a full 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 blown debate class or debate competition, I don't think that would have the same appeal. Um, yeah, no, I. Uh, this is, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, you so your 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 view of me was loud, which mm-hmm. is which is funny. Um, I never. You know, hopefully I wasn't bordering on, or was I obnoxious? I, I wonder, <laughs> was I obnoxious? I thought we were, I mean, what was your thought of me? Because I, I feel like you probably thought the exact same of me. I just thought that we were just like, I think we're happy. What's that? I thought we were happy. I thought you were just. Yeah, I don't I think don't unhappy. You seem pretty positive. Yeah, that doesn't mean unhappy. Had, yeah, yeah. I thought you were. No, I, yeah, I would say that, yeah, you're allowed, but it wasn't uh, like unwanted loudness, right? It's not like you're shouting yourself into a conversation. Oh, no, yeah, I was, um, it was unwanted. I mean, maybe with you it was fine, but like, I didn't care. But like with, you know, a large, so you would, you would definitely fall into the realm of like kids I had classes with, kids I could talk to, right? Kids that like I knew were in my, and that's what I mean by like being aware of the clicks. I knew yeah. there were certain people that I couldn't talk to, that I couldn't interact with, that I, I couldn't just sit next to and be like, hey, what's up? Or like give you my graphing calculator and say, can you help me out with this game or whatever? You know what I mean? Like I didn't have yeah, that interaction yeah. with like 85% of the kids. And so even though like I only had a few friends, like you definitely fell in that in that realm of people that like I could be, I, that was acquaintances with in school. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people I wasn't even acquaintances with. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, (laughs) it wasn't, it's, it's funny. It's if I think about, I did, I did follow you. You were one of a couple people I I actually, you know, saw through Facebook, uh, at least through the WISIC and alumni network. And that was really cool that they set that up because then I was like, Oh yeah, here's some people I never even thought about. And yeah, I mean, I was, and then I bumped into you at Wawa, and it was just like seeing you kind of progress, uh, you know, kind of what you're doing professionally kind of lined up with where I thought your interests were. And I think, you know, for someone like me, I respect that fully because, you know, if you think about my upbringing, it was always not being able to do what you want. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want to the fullest extent right now. Right. So if you think about it, it's just like, 
I'm happy about my situation, but I'm happy whenever I see other people in that situation where they're pursuing what they're passionate about. Yeah. Which well, is like so cliche, but I, I feel like what you're even doing today and even the, the Turner Media stuff where you're moderating a chat room, I'm like, oh, holy shit, that makes sense. I didn't know about you, that know about that, but I'm like, yeah, I always knew you had this kind of love for, for WWE. Oh, you yeah, and uh, like actually, you and Vern, Vern too, right? Yeah. Vern, Vern did as well. And yeah. Yeah. There were always like a handful of guys that liked wrestling, but you couldn't really, like, you know, it was hard. When we were in high school, it got better. You could talk about it more, it became more popular, but like middle school, that shit was not cool. Elementary school, that shit was not cool. Oh. You yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I was yeah. like, whatever, you like it. I don't know shit. It's not my cup of tea, but whatever. Oh, no, everyone would have to tell you, like, you know, it's not real, right? Like, oh, terrible. Oh, I mean, this was pre-UFC, so. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's entertainment, right? That, that yeah, but I mean, there is, and there, there's, there's a lot of physical content. It's like a sport, right? People oh, yeah, have yeah. to get physically trained for it. I mean, but back I mean, then it wasn't like, either. um, but back then it was like liking, it was akin to liking comic books or liking, um, you know, GI Joe or, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, and really like, even like until like South Park and anime really became popular, yeah. like liking cartoons, like just wrestling felt like something you were supposed to leave behind. Right. But I like cartoon. I like, I like cartoons. I liked anime. I liked manga, you know, uh, but that wasn't, I think th- I, I just no, think dude, animation we're, wasn't we're a thing to like, Bad, like we, we would have been awesome as kids today. Like shit. I could have had a career in video games. Yeah. So, so well, I was I, saying you're I, making I, money off of it. That was way before any of the shit. Now this Twitch and all. I that. mean, I was, it was funny. The game that I was playing with Sean was Quake. And I mean, I was playing against like some of the best players globally and won tournaments and stuff like that. I mean, I could have made a killing games if they were just more mainstream. I can't even imagine what kind of internet connection you had back then. What were you on, like, a, were you on an no, ISDN? Was, or no, 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 no. I was still 56K. I was wow. one of the, like, few that had a high ping that was playing pretty well. Wow. 56K. Yeah, and I met, yeah. Dude, it yeah. took till like, 2002 for me to get a 56K modem. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not every, I couldn't get ADSL back then because they didn't serve oh, our neighborhood. But this is super nerdy. Actually, when I when I when I started getting paid for the chat room stuff, I I transferred over to AOL DSL because AOL started oh. offering DSL, and I got a separate phone line with DSL on it because they would pay for my internet. <laughs> well, see, you were doing something actually of use. I wasn't. <laughs> You were probably uh, I mean, you, know, so, you were making more money than I was on it. No, only until like literally like end of freshman year in college when I okay. started that racket. Okay, um, it was a racket. I'm not sure if it was legal. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about like you getting into like the tech space and all that, but when you were before you got there, when you were in yeah. high school. Was there anything that you thought that you were like good at or anything like you knew it was already kind of in your head. You had to go to college. It had to be a good one. Right. This was, this was. Yeah. So I, dude, I always wanted to be in software and business. 
um, I, I started a web web company in high school and I sold websites that I built out of flash. Really? It's a side hustle. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So no, I remember I, when like, we were in, when we were in high school, I remember like that was a start and I would mess around with like GeoCities. Uh, yeah. and what, Zanga. And, Zanga. <laughs> My Angel. But even before that, it was like GeoCities and Angel, and Angel Fire, right? Were like the two ones yeah. that I, that I really Excite, remember. Excite. Lycos. Lycos. Yeah. Yep. yeah and yeah. I remember like you, you, like I would mess around with HTML and all that, but that's where I kind of like cut off, but you were really into design in high school and you were selling what kind of like, who were you making websites for? Like little restaurants. Um, my like little corporate clients, uh, a couple biotech companies that my parents knew. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty they were nice. like, they were templated. Right. So I, I think honestly, if I, if I, you know, I wish I kind of, I, it's fine. I made like 15,000 from doing sites. <laughs> That's fucking huge. But yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a lot of money, um, for, for, uh, I was a junior and, um, yeah, I mean, what are you doing with that money? My parents took it yeah. <laughs> and they put, I think they put it in the stock market, which was probably a good thing. Wow. And, um, I, I, I had a partner who I worked with through video. I played a video game and I be, worked with this guy out of North Carolina. His name is Jared, and we worked on it for about uh, ten months together. So, so all in it was thirty k, right? So, wow, fifteen k each. Um, it was a lot of effort because we were using Flash and creating different templates, and then editing those templates and reloading them on the servers for mm. people. Um, it's actually kind of cool concept. Yes. <laughs> Because like a restaurant really didn't need much, right? Now no, there's not nowadays. much updating, right? Well, what's funny is my first startup that I, that I kind of ventured on my own about ten years ago was a DIY mobile app builder for restaurants, like coffee, coffee companies, um, little mom and pop restaurants, right? Where you could you go on your this web based platform, it's like Wix, and you just build your own mobile app using like pre-existing platforms. So like, you know, all these brands like Yelp, OpenTable. I mean, there's no shortage of these like marketplaces where they just collect all the information, but then they turn their backs on the people that initially built their business, right? They're like, well, screw you businesses because now we have the end consumer. They're our customer. You're not, you just pay for position, right? Which is like not what they initially sold these people, right? And so what I was trying to create is an ecosystem where they can contain those experiences and your brand is your brand. You developed all this time to create the value with your own customer. Why are you letting these marketplaces like Yelp just sell to the highest bidder? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of contain that experience so that they can't see other vendors and they can just download, let's just say the, the Corbett app, right? As opposed uh -huh. to, Hey, like, so yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. It's always been kind of a, it's interest of mine. So. Wow. so when you're, when you're doing that in, in, in high school and you're doing the web and you're doing the web building, are you yeah. looking to do that in college? Is that what you think you So in college, I started another company called my college ads, um, in 2002. And, um, 
Yeah, it was. So I got about 300 users. It was a marketplace. It was this prettier version of Craigslist for notes and used products. But the winter of that same year that I deployed like the MVP or the, the beta of the product, like Facebook Marketplace came out. I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm so screwed. But, right? but, uh, when, but it never but, really caught on. But are you, but when you're in, you're a teenager, are you like thinking, like you're looking at, you went to UMass? Yeah. yeah so right, yeah. are you, are you looking at, are you looking there saying, I want to go there to be a web page builder to like, what do you think you're going to be doing? What do you, what do you think you're going to college to do when you're in, when you're looking, creating, when you're, creating websites, right? Like I was enamored by Bill Gates. I was enamored by, uh, then it was, uh, yeah, it was Bill Gates pretty much was, uh, and the Larry Page, Sergey Brin, right? Google guys, like, you know, there was there was this vision of grandeur, right? Where I was like, hey, but it, it wasn't just the billionaire status. Like it wasn't the money as motivator as opposed to the access through the internet that really just got me excited. Even with my past startup, right? That mm. I, you know, it, it was a decent enough business. Uh, it was regional. We tried to expand to Chicago. Uh, and we ran it for a year and then consolidated back to New England. But, and it's, it just sold to a company in San Francisco. Um, like I stepped away to start my, this other venture and the other founders kind of still run it, but then they just sold um, to, to a startup out of California. And even then it wasn't enough of a footprint. Like keep in mind, we did about, uh, four years, we did about four and a half million transactions through our technology, right? But the scale wasn't enough for what I really wanted to do. I was just like, I still felt unfulfilled, right? And I think it's just about that access mm. um, to, to, to like a user base that I was really enamored by. But how do you get to that? I mean, like, I guess, I'm, what did you want to, what did you think the job was that you were going to be doing like as a, as a grown up? Like, did you think I was going to be, you think you were going to be a web page designer? Is that like a web, uh, ma a web no, master? Dude. Like, what did you No, I knew I was going to do my own business. I did. Like I said, I alluded to, but you didn't know well, what did you go to school? For? What was your major? Computer science. Computer science. But okay. With computer science, you don't learn, especially when I went to school, right? 2001 to 2005, like, CS is a far cry from web building. It's like more software. You're building, um, yeah, just not websites that you're building. So when so, you say you wanted to be Bill Gates, you wanted to learn everything all the way up about computers and figure it out, like how to make money out of, how to build a, some sort of a business using computers in some way. It was computers initially, and then it became, um, and then it became internet, right? Internet was huge. and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not even just chasing the money. It's just like chasing what I think will be of like huge utility. Um, it's interesting you put it that way, do, but do you, but you like it, right? Do you like, or I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's great. Yeah, no, it's so cool. I when mean, you say that you're like chasing what you think is going to be a huge utility, that's like, you know, it's reminding me of like when people tell me that. I picked to be an accountant because I knew that it's, I knew that it's a job that someone's always going to need. Like you pick, you pick this oh. because you, you like it, right? You're not just picking yeah, it because you're, it. Yeah, yeah, you're projecting yeah. No, and, it and to hit. scale, it becomes more of like, um, 
you know, it becomes more of a, like a strategy game, right? And so I loved playing Magic the Gathering. I was part of the chess club and I loved playing with like the Daves and the Rishis and the Joe Conlins. They were always better than me, but it never stopped me from liking it. And I think this is no different. Um, but that being said, they probably run this better than I could. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're, we're hitting this point where we have uh, a lot of a lot of users and we have a lot of data about those users. And it just becomes this like big problem set that, that you got to figure out. Mm. To me, that's just like, yeah, I'm doing exactly what I want. Um, and I think this is where I anticipated myself being, uh, even towards the talent of high school. Um, and then when I got to college, I became friends with like a group of people who were similarly minded. Right. And so, you know, they've created, they've created companies that have sold to Twitter and Google. Right. So, and, and so I get to use them as like a, it's cool because my network is now people that are, have the same alignment and have had success to a much broader degree. So it's cool for me. Where, where did this mentality of creating businesses come from? Parents. You, your parents. Parents, for sure. Uh, two things. My parents, my mom created her own company. It was a contract lab for a pharmaceutical so they were, she worked at Merck for like 35 years and decided to, like, I respect that. Don't get me wrong. I love them. And I think <laughs> the discipline was, was crazy, but they did instill, like, they, I am here because of that, right? I am doing what I love because of that. And because of all their effort, all the, the things that were spoon fed to me that I don't, like, I didn't work hard for it. And I didn't, and I didn't work harder than anybody else for it. Right. Mm. And, um, you know, I, there's a lot of privilege in, in starting companies. Um, not all, right? But I would say that there is a lot of privilege for someone to just feel like, hey, you know, I, I can spend time to just like work on this problem, know that I have a safety net if I don't have a paycheck for a month or two months or three months. Yeah, when you're doing um, it that hell, way, can, yes. And I can have friends and family. Oh, come on. It's so much more abundant than you think. Not, yeah. It's rarely bootstrapped. I mean, I, I, mm. you, know, you just... Yeah, I don't even go to, want to go into the stories that I from entrepreneurs who sold to like Citrix and you know they'll tell you their story and you come to find out their father passed away and left left them six million dollars. It's like come on, like there's a catalyst and it's not always just hey great. Yeah. A lot of people work hard, um, and so you know I, I do think that's that's another thing I, I really want to expose a little bit uh, because. I think uh, it's, it, it sets up an unhealthy expectation of for the person that wants to start a business, but then see someone else that's successful and be like, oh, well, I'm not working hard. No, no, dude, it might actually just be that, hey, you didn't grow up in a family with millions of dollars, mm. right? Like Leanbox, this company that I, I helped kind of scale up, right? Um, same thing. Like they're family sold an energy company for $800 million and turned into a private equity fund between like a dozen people that turned into $1.5 billion. Mm. They didn't want to work in corporate America. And then they got a lifeline of 5 million to start their adventure. Right? Like for me, hello, Ray, same thing. Through a family friend, I met the CEO, CEO of a billion dollar company, right? And raised 
five million from them, right? Wow. So it's not work ethic. I mean, yeah, I had to have the past operating experience to a certain degree to get me in, like to get a conversation with this guy. Hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I worked any harder than anybody else, and nor do I think I'm smarter than anybody else. I just happen to be in this position, and I'm lucky to be in this position. And I have a lot of my lot to, to thank about with my parents, right? My parents this stuff so it's so funny you put it that way like you know it doesn't mean that you work harder there's uh there's so many times with like just with this you know with this podcast and and i watch other youtube channels and and podcasts that that are out there and i'm a fan of of a lot of stuff um otherwise i wouldn't want to do stuff like this right but yeah. I, I see that the things that people put out and i just go man, they're dropping like two or three things a week. And I'm like, you know, and I'm, or, you know, just and I think, how are they getting all this out? And it's like, but, and, and then I find out like, oh, they have editors and they're paying, you know, like, this is all me. I'm doing all this. Yeah. And there's so many times when I just go like right now, like if I'm watching WandaVision, I go, what are you doing, <laughs> dude, you need to be, you need to be, you know, editing that podcast right now, or you need to be getting this next video out, or you need to be getting this ready. You're not working hard enough. And you know, those things go through my mind, but it's like, no, they're in a, just a completely different space because they're working with capital. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have the money to, to spend on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they, all good things come in time, right? I think that's what's wrong with the page. You know, it's like the accepting of, you know, you're doing, even if you're not doing the same speed that other people are doing, right? It's that comparison of like, not the best, but I have something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the, yeah. you know, like you say, you're not the smartest, not the hardest worker or whatever, but like, you've got something, you've got the idea and you know, you've got the drive and you know what you want to get to. Yeah. And you reflect, right. I think that's, you touched upon that, right. Looking back in your past to see that you don't get dumped for the fifth time for the same reason. Right. Um, everything like, even with what I do, obviously it's very iterative. You build on your past experiences, right. And you evolve, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I get into this all the time where I look at, you know, companies in this kind of furniture space, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wayfarers, the Howls, and, you know, I, I see these like multi-billion dollar valuations. I'm like, oh, well, look at us, you know, <laughs> hardly generating any revenue. And I realize like they've been around for 15 years, right? Right. We've been around for 14, 15 months, right? And so... I think sometimes that's like the context that, you know, you don't really see that, that kind of makes that YouTuber, that YouTuber, or that business that you compare yourself to, um, or that person, right? Like the, the things that led up to that point, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get there. Right. Right. It, might, it just might be another four or five years. Hopefully it's not another 15 years, <laughs> 14 years. <laughs> so tell me about your company. What, what, what is this? So when did this start happening? You said 14, 15 months? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, uh, where do I begin? Yeah. So February 2019 is actually when I incorporated the startup and raised the money. Um, I didn't expect anything out of this because, again, it was an introduction. My parents were like, hey, here's this successful entrepreneur that is coming from Beijing. You know, uh, you should, should talk to him about an idea. And I'm like, I have no idea. Um, but I was like, I'll drive down to New York for a day trip from Boston. And mm. I 
came up with an idea based on what I thought he would want, right? What industry it was in. And um, I knew roughly the, like they had made an acquisition from Autodesk for about hundred million for like the software platform for online interior designing. And I was like, all right, well, here's my pitch to him. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I was pretty happy at Leanbox, which was my previous venture um, with, with the three other co-founders. And, but I was cruising at that point. Like we weren't in growth mode. I was like, okay, it's making money. And like, but it wasn't challenging me. It wasn't getting enough access to enough people that I was like, that could like engage with. And mm. anyways, long story short, the guy, you know, finally reached back to me three months later. Like, hey, yeah, I was actually interested in, in what you had to say. Um, my Chinese, by the way, is dog shit. So I, uh, I had a translator who was a student at NYU who grew up in the same city as this billionaire. And I was here with, it looked like uh, literally the Chinese mafia. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do with any of it. There were 10 people at the table and I was trying to like assert myself, right? And going through this Chinese translator who was like, why am I in this dinner with this billionaire that like I've only heard stories about? I'm mm. like, I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, I don't know why I'm here either. But can you translate for me? So I didn't have any expectations, but I did it at the behest of my mother, hmm. right? It's like this ah, show face, you know? Um, three months later, he's like, hey, come fly out to Beijing. I want you to make a, a business proposal to, to the board of directors. And so hmm. I created a business plan in a span of like a, a two weeks. And uh, I flew out there and raised the money uh, to basically crowdsource interior design. So there's 4 million designers that had a, a way of designing completely online, perfect for COVID, if you think about it. Right. And this was right before COVID happened. And um, so, yeah, I had this pitch and I had a good team that I wanted to bring on board. And I was like, look, I can do this for you. I can help scale this business out into the U.S. market and sell furniture, right? And... Anyways, um, about four months into the venture, the corporation sold the technology, right? So keep in mind, he bought it for $100 million. He sold the technology that was going to expand to Alibaba. Oh, wow. For a billion dollars. And I was just like, all right, I'm not going to make you $900 million. Like, well, maybe I could have, but the probability of me doing so is the odds aren't in my favor. I'm glad you took that bet, but that means I had to do a different business, right? Cause mm. here's this asset that was going to expand. And so part of my original scope was making, you know, online furniture purchasing and kind of design decisions more, more, more readily accessible. Right. And the first thing I had to do was catalog the internet of manufacturers. Right. And to, to tie that to the design platform that I was going to resell pretty much, right? Because if you're designing with fake stuff, you can't make, you can't really monetize it because you can't purchase it, right? Okay. You make the money on the kind of the, the cut you get from that purchase. And so Hello Ray is, uh, is really a design agnostic tool where the way that people convey interior design is now in 3D spaces, right? So the mock-up, what a space will look like in 3D, right? Mm. So if you think of the evolution of staging, so going back to the residential staging, 
people used to do all the video shoots, right? People still do the video shoots, but right. it's cost intensive. And nowadays it's, it's not, it's tough with COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know post COVID if it's still going to be like a, the best business model, but the reality is people want design help online now, right? And people can design with whatever health tool they want. Hello Array is just a library of all the products that exist with their, their assets all in one place so that they can scope out the design projects for other people. Mm. And so commercial is kind of our bread and butter, but we get a ton of just inquiries with residential. So we're still trying to figure out like how we're going to break into that space, but that yeah. might actually be more of like a supply chain and logistics play where um, yeah, I was going to say, so this is like, so designers would use this so that they can make recommendations with stuff that actually exists. Exactly. In, yeah. In the, and in so, the world. right. And, and I think That's we've cool. gotten our inventory. So we have about like 40,000 products now and a couple hundred brands on Hello Ray. But naturally, you know, once you put the content out there, right, like people are going to find your stuff. So you know, we have a ton of just search traffic coming in and it's people who want to buy their homes, right? So what I'm trying to do is establish relationships with those direct manufacturers so that I can get a cut, right? And uh, I guess that's where the Alibaba relationships come comes in. Hmm. So when my investors sold the design tool to Ali Group, I have a partnership with their Shanghai office. So now I can actually, you know, a lot, what's interesting about the US market is that the brands are not the manufacturers. Un- unbeknownst to us, right, right? They just mark up these products to to no end. So the right. restoration hardwares, the wayfarers, et cetera, like those aren't manufactured here. Right. So, but they're they're marked up by, you know, wayfarers like 2.5x, right? Yeah. And so I already have all the relationships. I'm trying to figure out how we can kind of connect the dots to almost do like the purple matrix, right? But for all furniture, direct consumer, cut out the middleman and wholesale. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so that, that's where you're at at this point. Now, is it up and running and you can? Yeah, you can use Hello Ray. You can um, design your or come up with a concept for your, your place. Uh, we recreated elements of Pinterest. So you can create a library of, you know, hey, this is a home. Here are the subgroups of a home, like a living room, dining room, executive room, and put together different ideas and collaborate with your, your, your respective partners. Or in the case of commercial, it's stakeholders, right? So if a designer is working with them, customer like Microsoft, they'd be like, hey, this is our idea for an executive room. And share the board with them and they can make remarks about, the concept, the mood board before they actually do the 3D design. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. You mentioned, um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of travel. I'm, I'm curious about the difference between like doing business in America versus doing business in, in China. In, uh, yeah. China or just really any, anywhere else in, in the world. It sounds like you're not just limited to China. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, we have designers and dealers and, like, yeah, everywhere. Um, I mean, Europe is very interesting to work with when it comes to, like, from the manufacturing perspective, because they're, they're, so, they're so used to, like, a premium clientele. Because, uh, like, a lot of the designers that we talk to are, are furniture designers are Italian, right? 
we have like a couple Spanish ones as well, but it's mostly like the Milan furniture fairs, mm. which I'm kind of like annoyed that conferences shut down because like that's my business trip is to Milan, right? For like two weeks. Um, to, to like really just speak to our customers, right? Mm. And on the sell side. Um, it, it is interesting to see the difference between the sell side in China and the sell side in like a country like Italy, which is very design focused, right? In China, it's very much about like, production like hey we can make a shit ton of this for cheaper right but doesn't mean like cheaply made it's just cheaper right right um and yeah and on the design side it's interesting too so like designers from the uae right um yeah their needs are very different from like the designer who reached out from brazil right it's like you can see there's there's definitely uae is more like bespoke they just want, um, hey, we're looking for a headliner piece that's similar like, to this that we found on Hello Ray, but I want it custom. Right? <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> like, we want to drop FU money on this. And, and uh, you know, for that, we don't, we try to stay kind of like, eh, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to mess with that just because it's, it's too manual, right? I, I'm sure. looking more for volume. And, and, you know, if I could scale out like custom, bespoke furniture like i'll do it but it is a more complicated process i would rather sell what's already being manufactured versus selling stuff that hasn't been manufactured if that makes sense yeah 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 that's um right it's the whole point of your company (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah but the the design community is extremely bougie um which is which is great i think it's refreshing because it's just this level of attention like detail that i i suck at Mm -hmm. and um it's just a fast paced environment, right? Like uh, furniture is an old school industry um, that it is appealing because it's point. like so easy to, it's it's so easy to appreciate, right? But like- Well, you can, it's one of the few things we still have you can touch. Right, but there is there is a specific demographic that, that owns that industry in the US. So if I go to High Point, right? The furniture market, which I did, I got literally some random old lady like thought I was a Chinese spy. She's like, are you taking a photo? I, like I have great lawyers. I'm like, dude, no, I'm actually trying to help you sell your shit. Like, leave me alone. Wow. <laughs> but there, there is there, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It reminds I mean, me of fashion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's like, a lot of overlap, a ton of overlap. A lot of our advertising is in like, we'll advertise on Reddit or Pinterest to just design as a whole, like mm-hmm. fashion included, because it's just all under one umbrella. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've especially got, when we're doing like B to C, like residential stuff. Yeah, you've got entities that that produce quicker, right? Cheaper, a little bit cheaper and quicker. And you've got ones that are using like the highest end of, of fabric. And then you've got people that are finding a happy medium. And now, yeah. right, how do we get it out to people? Uh, how do we get it out to stores? How do we get it out to people quicker, more direct? And that's yep. really where fashion's gone to where now it's like these, I mean, I've seen it on Shark Tank where they have these different um, technologies where you could set up your phone and it could take your proper uh, measurements yeah. so that you could be custom fitted for clothing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that stuff is starting to, like it's already starting to hit pretty pretty hard, right? Augmented reality, um, virtual reality, right? So people can walk through their commercial spaces even before they like, execute on it right mm-hmm. um so my my brother is in banking 
and he helped bring a company public called Unity. And Unity Technologies used to be a video game company that did renderings. And one of the core markets is now going to, like, they're focusing on architecture and design, right? It makes a ton of sense. Take that game engine, apply it to, like, real-world settings, right. even, like, home design. It's just, it's another way of monetization, right, of, of, a, of a really powerful technology. So we've, we've, um, we, we use our technology, actually, with, with how people can visualize the products in 3D, customize them. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's it's fun space to be in. Yeah. Um, going completely left. I always have a, a couple questions. I like to I like to make sure yeah. I get in there um, that yeah, are no high worries. school specific. Did you have a favorite movie in high school? Favorite movie, probably True Lies. At True that Lies. That's a newbie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, True Lies. That was that was a good one. Is it the Jamie Lee Curtis scene or was it just the whole movie all itself? It, all of it. I thought she was like the hottest thing under the sun. Yes. Yeah. I like, I think she was um, probably like, you know, that, 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 that the person I thought was underappreciated. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Arnold, Tom Arnold. Oh, God. Tom Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Paxton. He was like, oh, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah. He passed away recently. He did. He did. Yeah. About a year or two ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. What what was yours? Oh, you know, it's funny. Now growing up, my favorite movie was is Tin Cup. Uh, Oh, that was okay. Yeah, but I don't know if it was. Yeah. But I don't know if it was then. Like I was big into um I was big into like um uh Batman Forever, Twister. Jurassic Park. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those, like, those just high... It, the special effects before everything was a special effects movie. I used to get, like, geeked about about those those type of movies. Um, but, yeah. like, once we got to the later years of high school, like, I was really into, like, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Can't Hardly Wait, Clueless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clueless? Oh, dude, that's one that I didn't expect anyone to <laughs> Clueless, really? Yeah. I, I know Clueless is good. Yeah. You know what though? Like, I mean, it makes sense because you know my favorite TV show was like I love Saved by the Bell and Nine Hundred Two One Zero. I like those ah, teen, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. those teen comedy drama, whatever, where you're seeing the roles and the characters are pushing through that stereotype right into a new mm. space. Maybe that you, like, that's why you're so cognizant of the different bubbles and oh for sure you're perceived to miss out on right oh for sure this is me i thought everything should be turned into an action scene right with true lies <laughs> no everything for me was like based off of the 90210 and saved by the bell and kelly and zach and brandon and kelly and dylan and kelly and i don't know any of those people yeah believe it or not. yeah i i didn't i didn't watch any of uh saved by the bell or no 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 what did you did you watch shows i did um, so yeah, I, I watched like Xena Hercules. Oh yeah. Xena uh, warrior yeah, princess. Yeah. X-Files. Sure. Yeah. Um, that was about the extent of it, I think. Okay. <laughs> Those are cartoons. I, I don't know if I watched many cartoons. Uh, um, maybe like. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask so you, cause you mentioned anime, like that was the start of. So really- anime was through one of the, the guys who was a family friend 
he was my brother's age mm. and he got me into anime. Oh, okay. But there wasn't like a single anime that I thought I'd like, like watch religiously. Um, just because I didn't have access to it. So like whenever Jerry came, I, I watched it. Right. There was no like TV channel playing anime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you, uh, how about any songs, any, any bands or songs from high school that you were? Yeah, dude. I don't know why, but Kevin De Prosperous got me hooked on Eminem. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was in like biology class. Uh, yeah. And like him and Evan Wallace, right. Or, or yeah. And I had listened to some of Evan's stuff too. Like, I yeah, never he doubled them, but yeah, I'd listen to some of his stuff too. I, I still have it on Spotify. I listen to mm -hmm. it sometimes. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I liked Evan. Evan was, uh, he was my tennis partner for a while. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it, even then, he wasn't like a close friend, but you know. Yeah, Evan I think was... that's the, that, that was, those were one of the moments where I, when I, saw everything that went down with evan like where i was just like wow oh, yeah, like oh you know maybe maybe life is shorter than i thought mm. and, you know maybe there there are people who i'd want to talk to you know um from the days that kind of made me who i am today <laughs> so yeah you kind of feel like it maybe it's it passed you by for too long yeah, I mean, there was nothing that I could really talk to him about, right? But uh, it made me wonder, are there people I should talk to, mm -hmm. like talk to that perhaps, yeah, like. You just I don't know. know if you'd have a chance again. If you, if, yeah, exactly. If given the opportunity to have a chance or not, you know, would you, would you just try to have a chance? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think if the reunion goes on, I, I would be very interested in going, right? Like. Historically, I haven't really thought about it. It's not because I just don't want to go. I just haven't thought about it. But yeah. now it's like something I would want to go to. Yeah, I know they're working on it. Uh, I know Paige and, and Kyle and, and everyone's. It's sure, in their yeah, it's yeah. in their mind for uh, you know we're gonna they're gonna push it back next year. Uh, I just hope with so. everything, but they're gonna. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's it's next month. Hopefully, you get your ticket. No. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're looking to push it back uh, next year, but they're like they're they're specifically aware of it that it's not just it's passing by they want to make a plan and try and get something that works once they know a little bit more of the parameters of what we'll be allowed to do yeah yeah that's smart did you have a favorite eminem song i'm a huge eminem fan like eminem was probably my favorite rapper in high school and then it started to shift to jay-z uh through college mm. but for me like like eminem uh the marshall mathers lp was yeah album. i would say yeah i mean i got hooked on you know that on the some shady right real some shady yeah yeah right like i remember kevin just like singing that into biology class and it was actually i liked it lyrically and and i liked the the beat to it yeah were you yeah um were you rapping what's up were you a rap yeah. growing up? Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. I find that with, with your parents stri being strict, I find you like listening to rap music. My brother. Uh, he got me into NWA, Naughty by Nature. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I got into uh, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, Nas. Yeah. Yeah. Twista. 
Yeah. And even I like side I, like I, I even like some of Eminem's new stuff, like Zeus and that are pretty pretty good. That's awesome. I know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, it's weird. Uh, and it became like Jaw Rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Juvenile even. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it was, and then and then I got into the R and B phase, like. Usher, R. Kelly, Nelly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one twelve as you know, as yeah. One twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I had jagged, like this, ed- jagged edge. Jagged edge. Yeah. Craig David. Or yeah. Craig it, David. It, yeah. 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 The the UK pop sensation. You're the only uh, the second person I know that that likes that likes Craig David, and he's listening. He's probably listening to this going. Yo, you better not forget about me. Chris Gebert, big Craig, Craig David fan. Huge Craig yeah. David fan. So I'm also a huge Craig David fan. I listen to Craig David still regularly. That album was like, I love that album. Fill me in. The whole the whole yeah. album is like awesome. So you are the only two people I know in my life that are ever like, and it's weird. It's from it's from high school. You guys are like, oh yeah, Craig David. <laughs> I hope you're not judging us for this. I hope no, I love are, it. It's positive. It's positive. No, I love Craig David. That's the thing is like, I've never been able to talk about Craig David with anyone else, but you, Chris talks about him like a few times a year. He, he mentions it. So he's like one of those things I know I can throw it out there and he'll be like, hell yeah, I'm in on that. <laughs> Chris. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting. Those That's are, funny. these are some names that I haven't thought about for, for a while, but um, yeah, I don't know why I haven't. Cause I, I did. Um, yeah. It's, can't say I've had like too many negative experiences in high school and middle school. And aside from those few that I just, yeah, yeah. But you know what? like it doesn't sound like outside of, you know, you, you mentioned Joe and Rishi and, and, and those guys, but it doesn't sound like you had a really strong connection of your identity. You know, my identity, like I said, it was my friends from school were my friends back were my friends from where I grew up. And yeah. those were my friends, those are the only, those are the friends that I had. I had a few friends, but like, outside of that but like it wasn't you know like most of my friends were the kids my age from my school you had a completely different life and to be honest like you you had access to just a bigger world that you didn't you know what I mean you, you didn't have I don't want to say it was a crutch it's not the right word um you were just you, you were your your life was so much more expansive that coming back to a Wizzahickon circle for any reason to be honest, just feels like it was such a small fraction of your actual childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't want to, I just don't think there was much to say. Right. Cause I don't know how much of myself I offered up to people. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you had so much other things going, you had a, a your childhood, you know, if you take everyone's life and it's, you know, a hundred percent pie, you know, probably for me, you know, 60, 60% of my life and of that, my childhood and that pie is school, right? My friends from school, the, my teachers that I'm having problems with, the kids I'm having problems with, all those things. It's all school related, doing musicals. But for you, like that was maybe just a, like I said, like 10%. And then the rest was like you had these family friends and you're doing businesses and you're gaming and you're, making $15,000. You know what I mean? Like you just had a lot of other stuff that, that just didn't surround Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Right. Right. Yeah. I got lucky. Um, 
And I, just, yeah, I, don't know. I just think that's, I just think that's why, you know, it's not like a, Oh, I, you don't have that, that pulling of come, you know, the comeback. Right. 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 Because it, yeah. it, it just, it's not, you know, when most people think about their childhood, they think about school, they think about the, the crush or the, the friends or the teachers that doesn't necessarily encompass your childhood. When you think about the friends, it might be someone from upper Dublin. Yeah. Not K hall. It was a hiccup. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So the last yeah. thing, Oh, sorry, God. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Shoot. The last thing I, I always like to do is I like to go through the yearbook. Okay. Like to, <laughs> like to check you out here there you go brian k cho yeah i feel like i was at a was that a with matt was your eye is before the ou yeah Choi versus cho yeah but only yeah. because there's an only because there's an eye and again right we knew nothing about about Asian culture in general. So like, I feel like we were just all like, Oh, it's Matt Choi, Brian Choi. Did you have to deal with that? I still deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah trying it's, to- it's, it's, it, honestly, it's a, it's a, it's, it's weird uh, how it's spelled, but it is more of like a Taiwanese way of spelling Cho. C-H-O. Okay. Yeah. So tennis nine through 12. Interact Club, 11 through 12. What was Interact Club? Do you remember? Robotics? Okay, that maybe. separate? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have robotics in here, so that might be it. Yeah, I was in robotics with Tui Meyer. Okay. Computer, yeah. computer Club, 9. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chess Club, e- 2. Chess Club, 11. Yeah. Asian Studies Club, 11. I was? Yeah. There was an Asian studies? Oh, yeah, there was Asian studies. Okay, I didn't go. <laughs> Did they just lump me in there because I was Asian? They just put him in there. <laughs> Yo, this kid's Asian. Just he was definitely... I don't, I don't, if you put I don't that, yeah, if you put down math club and you're Asian, they just they just give you that one also because you also have math club. Okay, yeah, sure. Buy one, get one free. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Let's give him the twofer. And Horticulture Club, 12th grade. I don't remember that. What's that, Um, I think so. Maybe I was trying to pad my resume to, like, get into school. I don't know. Dude, I don't don't remember Horticulture Club, but possibly. Here's your quote, which is funny, given what we just talked about with music. But your quote was, of all the things I've lost, I miss my mind the most. (laughs) <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. So were you an Ozzy yeah. fan? Or was no, this the, was this I, a TV just, show? Just, just just a fan of the quote, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think that, that I'm paying homage to... I, I think I'm paying homage to, like, who I truly am, right? I think my mind is a representation of, like, who I am and what I'm willing to let like people know about me. Mm. And to your point, I, I just really never put it out there. Um, just like few people, maybe. Yeah. But 
not, not a lot of people. Thanks to my friends for keeping me sane in WHS. This guy is moving onto greener pastures. See, you knew it then. Uh, I guess. I, I think I, it's not even greener pastures away from school. It was actually greener pastures to like a little freedom, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not a slight against school. It's, just, it's, it's yeah, actually just. I'm gonna be honest with my parents, honestly. Uh, it's like a world of like a world of success or you know, starting a world of starting businesses and making money and yeah, I, I don't yeah, I don't think it was really about that. It was more about the freedom, right? That's interesting. That was uh that's what you were looking was that what you were looking forward to the most? Yeah, yeah. The freedom. Yeah. Um, Dad, mom, Carl, Christine. That's your brother and sister. Thanks yeah. for your support. Yeah, you know, no friends, no uh, initials of friends listed in here or anything. No. Let's see. This is see if I can fit it in here. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh. It's you. Buzz cut. Yeah. No. I. Uh, so young. <laughs> We all were. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. That was Brian Cho. When I started the podcast back in 2019, I said I really wanted to keep the pressure on myself to stay diverse with my guest list. But this was just pure coincidence that Brian and I were talking about racism, specifically towards Asians in school. We recorded this a few weeks before the Georgia shootings, but I think it shows how commonplace it was. And when you're having conversations like this, it's not really to place blame on anyone. I think it's to come to an understanding of how we got here. Like we mentioned a few times, making sure you don't repeat the same mistakes four or five times in a row, whether it's business, dating, or being hateful. It's just about behaviors that we can grow from, we need to grow from for survival. Check out Brian's company, HelloRay.com, for commercial and residential furniture. H-E-L-L-O-R-A-Y-E dot com. In two weeks, my guest will be Matt Lamastro. I sold Matt a burned CD of Wu-Tang Clan's The W back in 12th grade. And outside of that, I just knew Matt as a quiet kid. Matt wasn't even sure about doing the podcast. He didn't really interact with a lot of our class. And his friends were a couple years older. So he didn't think that he had any stories for people to relate to. But I convinced them otherwise. We did this podcast in person at my place here in South Philly with a couple beers. It's a good time and a different perspective on the tech school workforce conversation that often comes up on the podcast. Like and subscribe to youtube.com slash redshirtplaya for this conversation with Brian or this past weekend's extra credit episode with 2000's Chris Stout. Follow We Weren't Friends in High School on Facebook and Instagram, and I will talk to everyone in two weeks on a Monday morning with my guest, Matt Lamastro. Later.